Good morning. This is the 3CR Garden Show, and I'm Virginia Haywood. In the studio today, we've got Jane Tonkin from Tonkin Bulbs and Craig from Gentiana Nursery. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning. So Dani Nong's Mafia. I like that. <laughs> it is indeed, indeed. And boy, the Dandenongs have taken a beating. Whoa. Yeah, they yeah. certainly have. Um, Craig and I were just talking before we went to air about um, uh, there's the famous Hamer Arboretum and it's a great view of a lot of the Dandenongs from there, especially Mount Dandenong, Kalarama type. And he's just talking about the devastation that you can see from there at just strips of trees and stuff. That there there are down. four strips of forest across the eastern face of the Dandenongs which are pretty much completely clear felled. Mm. There's just the odd tree standing. Yep. Yeah. It's changed the entire landscape as in um, what you can see, like you can see the Sylvan Reservoir from so many places you couldn't before. But then there's the environmental impact of um, now are we worried about erosion and things like that. Yes. And, um, yeah. and the next big winds that come through uh, because a lot of those trees will have heaved to a degree as well that are still standing. So there's still danger and um, not a good outlook so far. And, of course, it's a worry too because there's going to be a push for people to take trees down for safety, which is going to fundamentally change the habitat if we take too many down. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And that's a knee-jerk reaction, which hopefully as time passes it'll lessen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we need... The forest. Well, that's why we live there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then now people wonder why we live there. But, but it, it is one of the most magical places on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is devastating to me to go through my little hometown of Kalorama um, and see such devastation I've never seen in my lifetime. Or well, Ridge Road. Ridge Road Ridge, is yeah. phenomenal in Mount Dandenong. Mm. Which is. everyone will associate with the TV towers, Ridge Road and, yeah. and Sky High. Yeah. yeah. And you've lived there your whole life, haven't My you? entire life, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. um, and, you know, we've had uh, a certain amount of smaller bushfires and things in, in my time, but nothing like that experience back in 62, etc. Um, but I think this is, this is on par with um, the devastation that bushfires bring as well. And um, my biggest concern now, I think, is the mental health of all the uh, residents and things because of just the the fear um, that must have been uh, in the air that night is it, you can't even describe what well, people must have Well, the noise must have been incredible. Oh, the noise was horrible. All you could hear all night was yeah. thump, yeah. thump with trees coming down. And you, Craig, were off for how long? How long did you have no power? Uh, just a bit over two weeks. Two, that's a long time, isn't it? Uh, look, that's kind of normal. I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's happened before. We should, yeah, yeah. See, we're, we're prepared for that. We I'm have, usually four days. Yeah. That's my worst. I, I, quite, I seem to go for four days. I've been for, lost it for four days at least twice in the last six months. The most we've had is three weeks. Yeah. And, yeah. of course, Jane, you don't have power. So no, so I don't. Yeah. Well, no, we're totally off the grid. Um, and that's because we're in the middle of a national park, so to bring the power in to us. So, yes, generator and, and lots and lots of solar panels. Um, so we were okay. <laughs> But yeah, there was a lot of lot of people that were out for over three weeks and and um, cold. Yes. But I must admit, the community does come together. Like everybody pitches in and, and helps out. Um, which in these situations, you sort of realise how close your community can be. That's right. Um, and all power to the SES and the CFA. Oh, I mean, the, I, incredible. This morning, 
at Mount Dandenong with the roadblock and these guys stopping there, and it is freezing. And they're and standing there all night. drizzling, <laughs> yeah. and it's misty. And, and who are they stopping? Everyone. Oh, yeah. what do you mean during... To, 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 during check, to check to see if you're a resident. Right. Yeah. right. Are they still doing so they're still oh, doing Absolutely. Yeah. Be- yeah. Because they're still um, taking large trees off houses with cranes and things. So on the Mount Dandenong Tourist Road, there can be these big trucks and excavators and things, so half of it's already blocked. So having the addition of tourists and, you know... Sightseers. Yeah, <laughs> to put it nicely, um, is probably a big hindrance to all of those operations. And, yes, the community will need people to come back and support it, you know, especially people like a Linda Cafe that have been making free coffees and egg and bacon toasties and things for all the workers, SES and things like that. You know, that's off their own bat. Mm. And p- places like that will need... Um, Melburnians and so forth to come back a, and support them, but right now is probably not quite the time. Another week, I'd say. Yeah. 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 And, and also, what's happening now is the log collection. Yes. Which is phenomenal. You know, there was trucks on Friday going past my place all day, carting yep. away these great big mountain ash logs. But at least they're going to be um, used, utilised oh, now, which yeah. which is great because we we have a, a shortage of timber in Australia anyway. It's a shortage worldwide. In yeah. Fact. So I think that that's a great idea. Um, but then yes, as Chris saying, there's truck after truck, and that becomes then a, a danger thing if you've got tourists and things in there. It's, it's just not appropriate. I mean, yeah. I, the other day when I, I went for a drive down um, Range Road, Ridge Road, um, this is my disaster tourism. And I nearly went off the road <laughs> looking at things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, because yeah. It, it is in it your is face. It is really confronting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I cried the first time I drove up Alinda Creek Road yeah. because that is my my street. So eventually when we were able to do that and to go to the post office and to check on a couple of friends and things, and um, it, it's just five or six houses in a row with trees right through them. Yes. And... Um, People people are going to move. Yes. They're not going to stay. And well, I think particularly some of the older people, it makes you feel very vulnerable. Vulnerable, when yeah. yeah. Because, you know, when I, fo- I found that being having our street closed, our street went down before the storm really hit, when it was just starting, yeah. our street went down. And yeah. we've got, you know, big, strong blokes on the street, but none of them had a chainsaw big enough, and they all got, you know, bloody huge chainsaws mm. yeah. but none of them were big enough to clear the street and mm. so, so I'm on the street I've got no power I've got lots of which means I've got no water but I've got lots of water stacked up you know I'm, mm. I'm used to this but then the phones went yeah. and that freaked yeah. me out because I'm yeah. not young my neighbours are in their 80s well into their 80s yeah. and there was no landline and there was and then when the street did get open which for us happens quite quickly because we're a dead end, and we've got el- very elderly people on the street. Yeah. Um, um, somebody came in who did have a phone because they were with Vodafone. Yes, that was the other thing. Um, some people were saying that with Optus it was working, but the Telstra was network Telstra. was completely down. Apparently yeah. because and that's scary. And apparently because they don't back up with generators anymore. Yeah, um, I, I did hear a little rumour that they run the generator runs for about two hours and then that's it. The, the, the backup is um, battery. Mm. Which is hopeless if yeah. it's going to be a huge storm. And, I mean, global warming is telling us that we, there are going to be It's more going to be more of this type of thing, mm. which in itself is incredibly scary, A, for our planet, and B, for what us. we're going to <laughs> see. 
Um, and I would have thought with today's technology that we would have been a little bit more advanced on keeping our towers going. Well, really, if all it takes is a generator, buy yeah. some generators. Wow. Mm. It's not like they don't make a profit. Yeah. Because it, that mobile service was so important when you're talking about your elderly neighbours or whatever. Yes. Um, my partner was with me that night and he had no way of knowing, A, whether his house at Emerald was okay or his dad at Worrielic. Now, luckily, the valley up further wasn't hit anywhere near like the Dandenongs were. But we had no mobile service to find out if somebody's okay. And I think it's then that uh, stress of the added on top of what you've already experienced. Well, once my street opened, I worried about the 3CR garden show. Yeah. So off I went. <laughs> yeah. I've got to talk to Stephen. We've got to check who can make it. You yep. know? Yeah. And yeah, because so Macedon was hit a bit too. Yes, yes. Um, and so I, I went up to Wandon. No power. Well, I not, still no phone. Mm-hmm. Went to Mount Evelyn. Still mm-hmm. no phone. So I'm driving around I'm in thick fog mm. looking for somewhere where my phone would work. My phone's plugged into the car to charge it. So then I drive to Lilydale, which I never do. I don't <laughs> like driving in that direction. <laughs> I drive into Lilydale and I saw a coffee truck. That made me very happy. They still had no power, but my phone worked. So I drove to Lilydale so I could talk to Stephen about the 3CR garden show. Yeah. Yeah. Shows your priority. It does, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like, who can make it? Because mm. there's very few people who are. I mean, we must have about 30 people in our rolling collective that runs this show, and very few of them actually come from Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. And both Macedon and the Dandenongs and the Yarra Valley, we were all hit. Yep. So it was a concern for me. Mm. <laughs> but Macedon survived quite well. It wasn't. Macedon, it was Wood End that got hit very yeah. hard up there. It, it's so interesting how it happened um, in terms of where the damage is because there's parts of the hills you can drive through in what storm? Yeah. Mm. You just yep. wouldn't know anything had happened. Mm. And then you come around the corner and it, it's just devastating. Well, I have to say, Craig, your place looks absolutely fine. Your garden looks absolutely fine. Yeah, nothing. Mm. Nothing. Just bark. Yeah, I was a bit relieved when I drove past Craig's. <laughs> Um, mind you, there was a you, know, you, you get stopped, and they're like, "Then now there's power lines down over the road, so it's your own risk, madam." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I'm just going to go through." And I went past Craig's, and I'm like, "Yeah, what storm kind of scenario yeah. at, at Craig's?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Thankfully, I don't know what Periander Gardens look like." Um, that was the first place I went. <laughs> Good. <laughs> to see all my favourite trees. <laughs> Make sure they're all there. Uh, there's about four or five trees down. Okay. There's um, Abies Pinsapo Glauca, oh. big old Spanish fir. <gasps> Just snapped in half. Yeah, it's a bit... Well, the the strength of the winds, they were saying sort of 160 kilometres an hour plus. And when you look at it, that's sort of like a um, stage three cyclone, um, which the Danny Nogs has probably never experienced in its life. And especially not from the southeast. No, and that was the big issue, that the wind came from the southeast, which those big trees aren't used to. And, um, well, yeah. I've been, I've been saying I've been at my place for 16 years, for several years, so I'm not quite sure how long I've been at my place, but it's somewhere around 16 years. And this is the first time... Now, you both know the back of my place. Mm-hmm. I've got very broad um, sort of veranda. Yep. This is the first time that those windows that look out to the view, i.e. look straight east have been hit by rain. rain. Yeah. First time yeah. since well, We I've had been rain there. coming in under our front door, mm. which is oh, really? you know, three metres of cover before you before get, get to yeah. it. So it's yeah. a bit like yeah. Cupertinians too. 
And so yeah. that really surprised yeah. me. I mean, mm. it was so... E- and then it swung... It, it started off, to me, it seemed to be completely easterly and then swung around to the southeast. Yeah. But also the thing? length of time, because oh, it hours. just went on and on and on. Yeah. I mean, normally these things are mm. five, six hours. Yeah. This was really two mm. days and a night. Yeah, because uh, the first thing when I woke up in the morning, like, it was still dark, so I'm out there with the torchlight... Um, trying to see what damage was done to the greenhouses because that was my you have a lot my, of my first priority because I'm thinking, oh, please tell me the avenue of trees has not... You know. um, and then I got in the ute to see whether we could get out the driveway kind of thing. And your driveway is pretty yeah. <laughs> And I didn't get very far before I went, oh, bugger, that one's about three foot thick. Um, without knowing the incredible devastation that lay beyond that mm-hmm. boundary mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, But it was still that windy till after lunchtime that it was too dangerous to go and clear the driveway because you could still hear trees coming down. And I've never known it to go 12 This is the 3CR Garden Show and you're listening to Jane Tonkin from Tonkin Bulbs and Craig from Gentiana. Craig is based in Olinda and what is your address actually, Jane? Because you're not anywhere, you're in the (laughs) middle of the forest. Um, Yeah, I hide away. It's 375 Olinda Creek Road in Calorama. So your address is Calorama? My address is Calorama. So when I drive down, sometimes coming back from Craig's, I'll drive down your way. Yep. And I just think how anybody can be living here. And when you drive past listeners, you'd have no idea how to find Jane's place. It's just... It's just in the middle of forest, and there's yep. forest, and there's a few roads and lots of walking tracks through the forest. And, and then there's us. And then yep. there's, but you can't see it from the road, so you no. wouldn't know it was there. But it's, it's a nice little um, it, It's absolutely divine. Haven. Yeah. Jane had yeah. a, a Christmas party a few years ago, and there were just paddocks full of bulbs in flower, and it was just extraordinary. Yeah. It was fun, wasn't it? It was fabulous. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a phenomenal place to live and so yep. close to Melbourne. Yeah, exactly. It takes that's, an hour. That's the thing I find so extraordinary. You're, mm. you're 50 minutes or so out of Melbourne and yet you've got no electricity. Exactly. And tank water. And Well, I mean, I even grew up with kerosene lamps and kerosene refrigerator and things. Um, it wasn't until, you know the last sort of 20 years that we've got the, the solar. become and really sophisticated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of got used to that smell of kerosene in the house. You'd go to a friend's for a week, the weekend and then come home and go, what is that smell? But you didn't notice it yes. normally. Um, but, you know, we survived. It's all good. So your dad got the place or was it your grandpa? Um, no, my grandfather, after the Second World, First World War, uh, he was in Gallipoli, got a little bit of shrapnel. Um, in him and they said the doctor said go to the hills young man and um, it it will help with your recovery and things so he ended up on the the property renting off Melbourne Water because they were supposed to build a Sylvan Reservoir number two and in hindsight for Melbourne's water supply perhaps that should have happened but I'm glad it didn't Um, and then my father then took over that lease as well Um, and so that was you know it's been years and years. So when Melbourne Water wanted to sell it, they gave us first right of refusal, being that we'd been such long-term tenants, tenants so to speak. Right. And um, yeah, sadly, Dad didn't live to see it actually go through. Um, he knew that it was in the pipeline. We had all the evaluations, and um, but he didn't actually see the, the signing on the dotted line, so to speak. But um, yeah, so. 
And Jane and Tonkin bulbs don't only sell bulbs. No, we do some perennials as well. We do some <laughs> fabulous, and both of these people sell mm. quite a lot of unusual plants. If we you want an unusual plant, go to yeah. to. That's why we said the the Dandenongs Mafia, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Tonkin bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> or Genti is your website Gentiana? Yep. Gentiana. It is. And Craig has this amazingly fabulous new website as well. He's um, gone all technical, which yeah, is and, and fabulous. I'm sure that you could tell me stories about mail order, but boy, yep. it's, it's a whole <laughs> different ball game. You know, mm. I got a complaint the other day about potting mix on one of the leaves of my begonia. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, goodness. Shocking. Yeah. Yes. They're, the, they're the ones that you sort of just... Um, want to ignore that email for a few days, but to cool look, down. Yeah, yeah. Look, so please, please bear with us if you're mail ordering plants because it, it is a bit difficult. To, it, it, it's, it's to, to mail order something in, uh, as fragile as say begonia, mm. and then to have it arrive in one piece yep. is not easy. The, yeah, that's it's a, a start. A lot yeah. of packaging. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is not desirable. No, it's not. It, well, that's true too, and and the time that it, that you're investing in, yeah. you know, in someone's ordered this one begonia kind of. Yeah. And um, it takes ages. Yes, of it course. takes ages. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and uh, my my feeling now is that I'm going to put two prices on them. One of them is cut back. Yeah. And one of them is complete. Okay, that yeah. actually might be worth a try. Yeah. Well, that makes absolute sense because. Yeah. Particularly begonias grow so quickly. That's right. And my inclination when I grab them off the bench is just to chop them off off the ground. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Yeah, Logical thing to do. If you're sending something like epimediums and things, well, at this time of the year or even in autumn, chop them back anyway because that's what they're going to love. So, Mm. give it a go. Yeah. Now, Uh, this this time last week, we were sitting here starting the the radiothon mm -hmm. because it was our big fundraising and we did actually get to $12,000. Yay! Which is absolutely fabulous. So thank you, listeners. We still have got a bit of product and quite a few books and we did really want to get to 13000 for the first time. So listeners, if you think that you might be able to donate a little bit more, please do. Um, Our numbers... For talkback, 94190155. Or if you'd like to give us another donation or find out what books we've still got available or what product we've still got, and we've also got some vouchers left, that is 94198377. If you wish to text us, 0488809855. So talk back nine four one nine oh one double five. Now we have one a couple of things that I think are extremely good. And Jane walked in this morning with two seventy dollar gift vouchers for Tonkin bulbs. So if anybody would like to donate to us for a seventy dollar gift voucher for Tonkin bulbs, please ring in because that is Oh look the phones have started already. <laughs> <laughs> And we have a two-year membership with a copy of the Fruit and, Garden Ve- Fruit and Vegetable Garden Book for Diggers Club for 125 And I think Great. that is a really good... That's mm-hmm. a, actually a bargain, and I think it's very desirable. And we have a voucher for a garden workshop at Ceres for 130 and you can choose which of the workshops. So do ring in. There's 
I noticed there's still three conifer books, which surprised me, and they're all very reasonable, 8 or $10. There's several rose books. There's some really interesting books there, and there is a copy of Botanica, which was <gasps> brought in by one of the guides from the Botanic Gardens after the show last week, saying, I've got two copies of this. I thought I'd bring it in. Donate so one. And that is a... That's definitely a, a, a winner. That's oh. a fabulous, yep. fabulous book. Botanica is a really big... Dictionary of Plants, yeah. alphabetical. I use... It is the elephant of coffee table books. Yeah. 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 And I use it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because, it's, because it's easy, because it's botani- um, in order, because it's alphabetical. Yeah. And we're selling that for only $50. <gasps> so anybody, if you would like to donate again, or if you'd like to make your first donation, if you didn't listen to us last week, please ring in on 94198377. Well said. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful? Please, please, yeah. please. Yeah. But isn't it also wonderful that we got to 12,000 in Fantastic. one minute? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And given, you know, we're all volunteers, and sometimes it's a bit hard to get here. Yes. <laughs> Certainly was a bit of a struggle getting out of bed, bed this morning. Well, it was very cold. Yes. Um, I see. I don't, did either of you hear the news coming down? I don't know if there was any snow last night. No, I haven't. No. I didn't hear. I don't um, think so. Not on the hills anyway. No. Because well, talking it, about snow being quite yeah. low... Down to 7,000. I c- can understand why when I walked outside this morning and I went, oh, that's a bit brisk. Yeah, and the patter <laughs> of rain on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the car did say um, three degrees or something, so um, I never know how accurate they are, but um, it, it certainly felt like three degrees. <laughs> oh, well, I think yeah. three degrees is possibly warm. Yeah. Just one the other day. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm, you know... Yeah, positively toasty, Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting. The station's always warm because yes. yeah. because all this equipment is running. Mm. Yeah. And I walked in from outside and I thought, oh, fantastic, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was the first here. Yeah. And, it's, and it's just the equipment, yeah. of course. Yeah. It does make you warm. Now, Craig, what's he's got, got yummy there? things. Look, I'll start <laughs> off with the Daphne, which yes, I can't sell because it's got a plant variety right on it. But it's one that's marketed as this perfume princess. I love that. And it's it's a hybrid between Daphne Balua and Daphne Odora, and it is magnificent. Um, and it's quite big. It, it w- I reckon it would have the capacity to get up to two metres. Well, I've got one that is hip height. Yeah. And it's... How wide's that? It's quite wide. Yeah. You know, three feet wide. Yep. So it's quite a sizable mm. little shrub. And the smell it's giving off at the moment is just totally fabulous. And the vigour. Mm. It's yes. a really strong, strong grower. Plant, yeah, 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 good plant. I think it's I a fabulous. I can't wait for the plant variety right to, to um, Dispa- disappear. Yes. How long has it got? You know? I don't know. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just looking at it, I have it's also I've never seen flower, a leaf on it? a Daphne that long. Um, and it is just this deep, beautiful green. I like most of it, but even a bit more on steroids, if that's... Yeah. Yeah, and the flowers, the actual flower head, there's a mass of beautiful... They're bigger than the normally... And, the Odoras. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good um, plant and... Um, it's, it's hard robust. to explain how, how fabulous this thing is that's yeah. sitting in front of us. Um, so with these things, these Daphnes, you know, a little while ago it was eternal fragrance and they, they come on the market and they're everywhere and then they just seem to disappear. disappear. Yes, I have the eternal fragrances too. It's not, I, I do, tell us the name of that one again. Perfume Princess. I do think Perfume Princess is outstanding. Eternal fragrance is tough. 
Yes, I have it yeah. facing west, which is pretty yeah, interesting right. for a Daphne. Yeah. So mm. what tips are there, Craig, on growing Daphne's... Um, once a, a year prune. Once a year prune. After okay. they flower. Yeah, because yeah. heaps of people say, oh, I can't grow a Daphne. You, but Dry shade. Yep. And once a year prune. Yeah. And they did, for a while, they become difficult to grow because there was a virus. Mm-hmm. And they did seem to... Peter out a bit. Just, yes, yeah. a lot of them did disappear. This is maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. The Odoras definitely have a lifespan, you know, 10, 15 ten, yes. years. And if, if they start to deteriorate, just pull them out. Because Get a new it one. doesn't stop. Mm. It's yep. just a long, slow decline. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The leaves start to yellow. That's and right. you think mm. they need a feed. But yeah. in actual fact, it's just age. I had a yeah. really big one yeah. by my front door, which was fabulous. But it just... That's right. Got too old. It breaks mm. your heart. Mm, yeah. But you just, just bite the bullet, pull it out, and put another one in. And they're yep. not that difficult to propagate, are they? No. Mm. No, they're not. Yeah. I, I always remember da- being told that Daphne is one you should propagate on Christmas Day. That's right. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you could do worse things on Christmas Day. <laughs> you, you won't get a, stri- yeah. high cri- a high strike rate, but you know if you get one or two, that's... Yes, and you don't want hundreds. Yeah, that's right, mm. yeah. And, uh, I mean, it is one, one of the things about gardens in winter is if you have the right things, your garden is beautiful in yeah. winter. The winter garden is superb. It's, it's subtle but and also, delicate. Also, there's a lot. Uh, I, mean, I have a lot in flower in my garden at the moment. It yeah. is full. Yeah. And it's, it's wonderful. I walk around and, you know, I can see that next week and the week after that will be out and the week after that, that will be out. It's, there's just this rolling... Yeah, which is except that for some reason I've got a couple of roses that have come out. Do you sell any of the Daphne's at the nursery at all? Great. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and okay. starting to get more. Oh, great! As I propagate them, yeah. And then perfume princess down the track. But that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's other nurseries that are selling perfume princess. Yes, right. It, if it, it, I don't know if it's still around or not. No, it is. I've seen it. It is yes, okay. Well, well the, anyone who sees one should grab it. Yeah, mm. I agree. I yeah. Definitely, yeah. a lovely, mm. a lovely plant. Um, and hybrida is one that I'm starting to propagate quite a lot. Hybrida is a good one. Okay. Yeah, small leaf, early flowering, so it's in full flower now. I didn't bring a piece in. Be great for florist trade then yep. too with a smaller leaf. That's right. Yeah. 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 And a good smell. Yeah. All, no, yeah. there's nothing like it, is it? Well, my balua, which I got from you originally, Craig, got some sort of virus, and eventually, and I remember asking you about it, and you just said, "I'll chop it down." <laughs> Rip it out. Always yeah. Craig's answer. Yeah. 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 I, I don't need to ask now. I, I, I sent <laughs> what would Craig do? <laughs> oh, he'd rip it out. But anyway, I chopped it down, and, it, and two years later, it's come back. Yeah. Which is lovely. Well, I had an Great. enormous variegated white odora, and the white odora, the perfume is the best. Ah. Uh, it's citrus. It's just mm. beautiful. And this thing, you know, did its Daphne thing. I mean, it predated me in the gardens. It would have been there for a long time, so I just chopped it off at the ground. Well, lo and behold, it's coming back again in good order. Oh, how fabulous. Yeah. How fabulous. That's fight back from a plant, isn't, isn't it? <laughs> that you got told. The wrath of yeah, me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, I've got one community announcement for today, which is today at oh. Ripon Lee is their market day. It's a gold coin donation to go in. That's good. And so Ripon Lee Estate, which is a in Hotham Street in Elstonwick. It's at 
I'm not sure how big that garden is. 14 acres, I think. Yeah, it's So it's a beautiful garden. Gee, that's, that's a good mm. size, isn't it's it? It's a beautiful mm. garden, and oh. it's been there a long time. It's got some wonderful things from um, the 30s, like the whole, whole fernery area. It's very interesting. And they also do a, a thing called the Gruffalo Trail, which is for children. The Gruffalo is a book. That famous book. book. Yep. Yes, exactly. And the trail runs through the whole 14 acres of the garden, um, into the deep dark wood, looking for Gruffalo characters, and we have one family ticket for forty dollars to give to one of our donators to to three uh, CR. So that's, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if somebody wants to ring in for a forty dollar family ticket, that's two adults, two children, for the Gruffalo Trail at at Elstonwick at the Ripponlea Estate, that it would be forty dollars. And also, for anybody who's looking for a nice outing somewhere around that area, the Trust Makers Market is today from 10 till 3. It's everything. It's handmade art, jewellery, fashion, food available. There's probably plants. Plants. And it's a gold donation to get in, so that's not exactly too demanding. So that's a a nice thing to do. Fabulous. Yes. yes. And I I hadn't been to Ripley for years, and I went and I was quite stunned at how... Fabulous it was. I don't think I've been since I was about 18, Yeah, yeah. which was a long time ago. Well, we, we should all go back there. Mm. Because it's they've been working on it, have they? Yes, and, and they've got some very old trees oh, yeah. and some very mm. rare trees. So, yeah. And trees are just so interesting. Yes. You know, you, yeah. can't, you can't... Tell go. a lot of tales. Yes, they mm. do. I think trees are wonderful. And, and this, this time of year with the deciduous trees, I just think that this is the most beautiful time for yeah. them. They are just superb. I'm so glad you went and checked Periander. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still on that, I'm sorry. Have you, have you <laughs> spoken to Tex about the other gardens? The roadie gardens is okay. Mm. The, the car park across the road from the roadie gardens Not so is good. like a bomb went off in it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But the um, actual gardens themselves The gardens yeah. themselves are okay. Yeah. Texas comment was a few hangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is the other danger too. There yes. is still trees. The hangers, hangers yeah. are the branches that mm. that are, haven't come down are hanging in the tree in there. Yeah. I lost a hundred foot old pine in my back paddock. Yeah. And people keep saying, Oh, you'll be able to sell it but of course I don't think anything that get would get in there would be able to get out because there's been so much rain. Rain, yeah. yeah. William um, Ricketts is completely smashed. Ah, uh, that was my yes. next question. Yeah. Mm. There, that, there's that little packet of Mount, pocket of Mount Dandenong is mm. devastated. Yeah, because you've got yeah. the the kindergarten, the primary school, yeah. and then William Ricketts along from Kalarama through mm. to Mount Dandenong. Yeah. And I had heard that they may not sort of reopen Ricketts yet. Oh, dear. So it might be some time if they actually do, mm. which will be a sad loss for the Dandenongs. I think the buildings are being smashed, haven't yeah, they? Yeah. Like, it's... it's terrible. And you have to have facilities in a park like that, yeah. too, for tourism as well. And you do. You do. And also, you'd never say that, um, that there is an enormous number of staff running all these gardens in the Dandenongs. No. No, no, no Parks Victoria is always understaffed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. makes it incredibly difficult to deal with this sort of crisis. Yeah. Yep. And Tyndale, George Tyndale? Don't know. Mm. Um, I don't know either. I haven't seen anything on Instagram. I, I heard somebody say it was okay, but that doesn't mean it is. Yeah. No, um, that's exactly right. You, you, and you don't you don't know until you sort of walk every inch of a property. And um, like my top boundary track, uh, you have to sort of get down on your hands and knees and under a log. Um, and the, you wouldn't know there was a road underneath it. Mm. Um, but, 
when weather permits, we'll get to that. Yes. Well, some of it mm. we'll still be doing in, in ah, the summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and as I say, it's not going anywhere now. Mm. <laughs> well, and I've also decided that, that with my huge pine, it can be habitat. Yep. Well, you know, one of the, one of the major differences between old growth and regrowth forests is the amount of wood on the forest floor. Yeah. Um, which supports a, an enormous amount of life. And uh, we've certainly got wood on the forest floor now. Certainly <laughs> have. <laughs> yep. And we don't want it all cleaned up. I no. Mean, they're, they're no, right. no and, and I don't think they will. No, um, they wouldn't be able to. Yeah, no, it will be years of... But there is a problem that people want really tidy gardens. And I mean in the city as well. Because yes. there's plenty of insect life and bird life in the city and they don't yep. want really tidy gardens. Yep. Tidy gardens are not good for wildlife. It was one of, one of the things don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like tidy gardens. No. Um, one of the things when we were when we sort of cut one of the logs on the driveway and um, you sort of turn the chainsaw off and listen for a little while and tweet, tweet, tweet. There's a little blue wrens hopping around because they're inquisitive and want to know what's going on. Um, so that that's that's the good side of it. You know. Mm. Um, the botanicus gone to a <gasps> listener, Susie, and it was Sue from the Botanic Gardens who donated it. Uh, oh, yeah. so <laughs> so Sue to a Susie? Sue to a Susie. So well done, Susie. Fantastic. Good purchase. Yes. Yeah. Thank mm. you very much. So I'm Virginia. You're listening to me, Jane from Tonkin Bulbs, Craig from Gentiana Nursery, and you can ring us on 94190155, or you can make a donation to the three, to keep 3CR going on 94198377, or you can text us on 0488809855, and then we do have some listeners that only listen from on the podcast because yep. they can't pick us up. And they can always send us an email on gardening at 3cr.org.au. And one of our best listeners, well, not best, but most exciting listeners, rang up last week and said, oh, I'm just ringing in from Britain. If anybody, <laughs> yes. if anybody donates from interstate, I'll match that donation. Hmm. Yep. And then way. somebody rang in from New South Wales, so yep. we yep. got a donation from New <laughs> South Wales, which was then matched by a donation from Britain. Yeah. There's nothing like sort of tempting or goading someone into something. <laughs> I wonder how she found it. <laughs> yes, and she rings in quite often. She's, yeah. I mean, I've taken a call from her. I've heard Stephen take a call from yeah. her. Yeah. And she can't, she's from the Midlands, and I think it's really I think rather it's fabulous. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So if yeah. you're out there this morning, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. it'll be about 11 o'clock at night. Nice, yeah. Yes. yeah. But nevertheless, right. yes. And so, and you, and the, of course, all our camellias are coming out at the moment. It's yeah. camellia season, yeah. yeah. It's camellia season. I, I grow the small flowered ones largely. I have one japonica left standing, but it, <laughs> it quakes every time I walk <laughs> past. It's going to say, how long has it got to go? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, cinnamon Cindy. Look, Cinnamon Cindy is not a rare one. It's, you see it around a little bit, and it is a real beauty. And, and not only for the flowers, but also for its habit, okay. because it's very upright doesn't spread out much at all. Um, I and think I that's really handy to get. A, and and mm. I do think the smaller leafed ones are better for exactly that reason, because yeah. they're tidier. You, you don't be fooled by the leaf size and flower size, though, because they do grow into substantial shrubs, some of them probably bigger than the japonicas. Yeah. But I, I keep mine at a height where I can prune them from the ground. Yeah. Well, 
big big evergreens yep. uh, if you're growing a lot of woodland plants and things big evergreens are an issue you know you want to get the sun at this time of the year well i've got two that were there before me and they are both above the roof line yeah. they are mm. huge both red, so at the moment they're looking very vibrant in the cold winter light. Yeah. So cinnamon cindy's a double white with just a slight flush of pink, and I think it's actually named for the colour of the buds. Yeah, they are a bit. A little bit cinnamon. A little bit it's cinnamon. A stretch, but yeah. 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 And then of course the pink growth, new growth. It's a good one, and the flower size would be a little bit bigger than a fifty cent piece. Yeah, it's like a gardenia yeah. sort of yeah. size, and. Uh, the petals are very, it's very much a gardenia-y type looking. Yeah. Um, I'm not a particular camellia person. I don't remember But that it, that's very nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we have online John from Watsonia North, and John wants to talk about bulbs. Okay. Good morning, Good morning, John. John. Good morning, panel. Uh, I would like to ask Jane about the... Uh, Autumnale alba, which I had in the ground for several years now, and I fed it with potash, but this one is facing west. I had the purple form face, uh, having, let's say, semi-shaded area. That's flowering profusely, but the alba in, towards the west, which I read in the book, says you can put it in a sunny position, and it doesn't want to flower, but I see several, like, say, shoots coming um, from time to time. This year it hasn't shot at all. So I wonder what's the secret of flowering, uh, getting it to flower, Jane? Okay. Um, Which bulb is that? Colchicum speciosum album. Autumnale Autumnale album. Okay. The alba. Yeah, okay. Um, It it probably, you may not have growth yet, um, as few of my colchicums haven't got um, growth yet. Uh, Autumnale album is actually one of the easier of the white to flower if you were saying to me speciosum album then um yes there is issues with people having a lot of trouble with that flowering but yes definitely if you can have it in full sun but you've got it in west sun haven't you uh, it's face well i read it that you can put it in the sun yeah and i just planted it there yeah well uh, it's perfect spot do you do you remember years. how how deep you planted it oh maybe Let's say eight centimeter. Um, eight centimeter. Might be. I, I, last year I saw a few shoots coming, <clears throat> the side shoots, but none of them flowered. I, I double that bulb depth. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a great fan of putting my bulbs in deep. Yeah. Because I do find a lot, of, a lot of my bulbs actually over the years come up. When you grow the bulbs up, yeah. in pots, if you pull them out of the pots, you always find them sitting at the bottom. Bottom. Yeah, they pull themselves down. It's all about about consistency of soil temperature. Yep. So the deeper you get them, the more consistent your soil temperature is. Yes. Well, uh, so what's what's your opinion then? Just plant it, take it out and plant it deeper? Yes, but I wouldn't be doing it now. The only, no. the only issue I have with that is that it will have made its new roots for the year and they are so thin, yeah. um, almost like cobweb type. And if you damage those, you, you risk then getting some fungal problem into the basal plate of the bulb. Mm-hmm. Um, the earliest you could dig them would probably be November. 
um, and then you can put it a lot deeper uh, and give it some garden lime as well, or colchicums like lime, um, and something like that. This is something that I haven't put uh, on it. Yeah, uh, it it won't enhance its um, floriferousness. Um, it will just make your bulbs healthier and um, happier in that sense. I think um, you do need some potash as well. And yeah, I do, I do regularly put potash there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right then. Thank you very much and have a nice day. Thank you very I'm much. I'm sorry to hear about your experiences in the dandelion. Oh, thank, thank you. you. No. My heart is with you. Have a lovely day. Thank you. Thank Bye. you, John. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was interesting. So he should probably be planting them a bit deeper, but not till after they've finished. Yeah, I just, I just get concerned about um, digging things when they're in growth. Um, with the exception of Galanthus. Uh, you still, yes, you can yeah. dig your galanthus yeah. in the green. I move my, I, I move my daffodils when they're. Yeah, so do I. Visible. Yeah, but. But it, I don't expect them to do anything that year. Yeah, daff- daffodils are probably, the culture he has got. If, if you were to move something like Byzantinum, now, nah, yeah. easy. <laughs> but when you're talking about autumnally album. It's difficult to find in this country too. A lot, a lot of the um, gardeners up the hills will have it in their gardens and that, but to actually find it on a, on uh, a list. Yeah. Um, so you don't you don't want to risk once you've found something like that. Yeah. And he would have paid a bit of money for it too. Why not do it at the right time? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but I just I just think I, th- I think that people don't put their bulbs in deep enough. Deep enough. That's yeah. that's my view. Yeah, see, daffodils yeah. can be six inches down too. They really down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it amazes me. The only trouble is when you've got to dig them again, though, Craig. <laughs> well, hopefully you don't. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yes, I do think that is good advice. You're, you're better off with them too deep than too shallow. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you have the choice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. as you were saying before, Virginia, that you find your bulbs are pushing their way up. It's because, because things like colchicum... And also that it's made that many babies that there's no room anymore, so well, that's time to dig and divide and put them deeper. They pile on top of each other. Yeah. 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 And bulbs yeah. are very exciting. Mm. I, I, I have just in, put in more and more um, summer dormant bulbs. Yep. Because, I mean, at the moment, for the last couple of years, it sounds ridiculous to say, oh, the drought. But... Um, you but know, it is. The, those 40-degree days, to know that you've got, when everything in the garden looks absolutely shocking and, yeah. and the, the weeds, like the agapanthus, are actually <coughs> melting. Yep. And you think, oh, well, at least I've got all those bulbs. That'll come up and bring you some joy. Come up yep. in autumn or come up in spring, and they're deep down with not a flower in sight, not a leaf in sight. So they're quite, I just think do you, you would have quite a lot of... Um, Dormant, summer dormant bulbs? Yeah, lots you? of summer dormant things. Um, so Craig's got a galanthus here to talk about. So they're dormant over the summer. All the Beltan- miniature daffodils Beltania, and things. All Belthemias. Yeah, yeah. Um, all the nerines are dormant over the summer, so to speak, until they come into spike, but there's no leaves and things. Um, your belladonnas and... Any of the South African things like species gladiolus and um, ixias and the ferrarias, like the spider flowers, those sort of things and lacanalias are all dormant over the summer. Um, and the old lacanalia, I think I even have one. Did I bring one? 
I do like the lacanalia. Yes, I've only I've got into lacanalia because we because we were talking about trying to see what colours in the garden in the winter. Oh. It's very sad, very tiny little sad old-fashioned quadricolour soldier boys. Yeah, my mother used to grow them. Yeah, and everybody used to have them in their gardens, and now it's quite scarce. Yeah. Like yeah. the medicals that I get for the old-fashioned soldier boys. So it's a it's a case of building up stock again yep. um, now that they've come back into fashion. But absolutely beautiful colours. Like it's red and yellow and green and magenta all rolled into this beautiful little tube. Um, so, you know, have a, have a look for lacanalias or soldier boys as well because it's this time of the year that they're starting and can add some beautiful colours to your garden. And your garden, Craig. It's covered in pinks and whites at the moment. Yeah. Cyclamen. The cyclamen are beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, they are just fantastic. Once they get established, they just come back and come back and come back. That's right. Well, the the cyclamen comb, the one that's flowering now, is perhaps a little bit problematic in in cooler climates and warmer climates, Mm. although I have seen it in a Melbourne garden, Mm. well-established, under deciduous trees. Yep. So that they're kept cool in the summer. But they are extraordinary, and the range of leaf pattern is, is beautiful. Um, and once you get them established, they self-seed. Yeah, which is the fabulous thing. It to certainly yeah. is. And yeah. not to the stage where they're weedy before anybody sort of says, you know. <laughs> Well, <And laughs> in the Pacific Northwest in the United States, mm. hydrofolium has been listed as a weed. Okay. And it doesn't surprise me. Yep. Yeah. But doesn't coom doesn't tend to... No. You'd have to, yeah, be, be fortunate. <laughs> it does pop up in my lawn. But, but the the leaf that you're holding at the moment, Craig, is that it? See how it's they've got that little Christmas tree in the middle. That's, that's what right. they. Um, so it's got a silver edge with um, dark green, and it does look like a little Christmas tree in the middle. Yeah. Um, and on those those coombs, it's it's different to the normal plain green, which I still love too. Yeah. But that that's a particularly fine specimen. Is, yeah. <laughs> And can I say, these are not the big ones you see in the shops. Oh, no, yes. Mm. Big flowering ones. These are much, much um, neater and much more beautiful. They lie very close to the ground. Yeah. So cyclamen coom or cyclamen coom, depending on um, how you say it. Or who you're talking to. Or who you're talking to. It doesn't (laughs) worry me how anyone says it, as long as you um, buy yourself one. Um, so Craig would have those in pots now, wouldn't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So when the dandenongs reopen in a week. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're very, very cute. And, yes, deciduous trees, afternoon, shade, cool summer. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and bury the bulbs again. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that people say about cyclamen cyclamen <laughs> that um, they like to sit on the surface. Yes. My view is they tolerate sitting on the surface. Okay. They like to be buried. So how, how deep would you bury your coon? Are you serious? Right. Heavens, I never he's, do that. He's actually sort of showing me about 10 centimetres or more. Yeah. What, what they yeah. do is they develop a floral tube. They do, yeah, yes. Which comes up to the surface and it sits there as a permanent structure. Yeah. So that when they're dormant, it's still there. And then when they come back into life, it'll, it'll burst into life. But what I find with the hydrofoliums is if you have them planted on the surface, you get quite a small surface area mm-hmm. of leaf and, and flower. If you put them down, you'll find the surface area increases dramatically. Does the size of that corm increase quicker, do you think, with it? Mm, if it's, I don't know. If it's deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've got 
quite a few, and they're all, I think, planted on the surface. So I obviously yeah. am going to have to go around. I'm going to bury mine a bit more too. Yeah. <laughs> just, just do one or two yeah. and see how they go. But my, yeah. my experience is that they like to be down a bit. Well, yeah. you have a huge number in your garden. I do. I mean, what you're and doing. Yeah, he's, he's the cyclamen king, so Isn't I'm going to. Yeah. Many <laughs> different species. Yeah. 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 What's your yeah. favourite one? Oh, that was a, that was a bad That's question. A bit, I'm sorry. Look, one of them is Persicum. The yes. species, the species Persicum is the florist cyclamen, which has been radically transformed. Butchered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But the species is truly beautiful oh. and 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 ideal for Melbourne gardens. Yeah. Because it comes from Israel and yeah. Palestine, that part of the world, so it, it's That's capable of being sort of, very yeah. dry, mm. and it's elegant and perfumed. Um, it's probably one of the nicer, nicest perfumes in uh, a cyclamen That's too. Right, yeah. um, and, and I think if anyone's like me, you, you see a flower and the first thing I do is sniff um, because I like things that are perfumed. And, and persicums, uh, it's very hard to describe what it smells like, but it, it is a very, very sweet, beautiful perfume. So, um, and I have, I have bulbs that I've raised 20 years ago from wild collected seed yeah. for persicum, and I have them in pots because they don't like the dandenongs that much. Because we're too, too wet? wet. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. And over the summer, I don't water them at yeah. all. Okay. Not a drop of water. What's the leaf patterns like on the persicum? Oh, they vary. Yeah. Yeah. They're yummy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. They vary. It, it's, it's very variable, persicum. Yeah. It's variable in flower one of my tr- One of my troubles with the cyclamen is that I have a habit of then planting other stuff too close to them. And what Craig has done in his garden is that put them in under his trees and let them be and Look, not put things around. They have a dedicated yep. area, yes. and, and I accept the fact that there is a period of dormancy. And oh, look, he could put some aranthus, you know, winter aconite in amongst those would be lovely. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> or or cyclamen comb and galanthus is, oh. is, is a match made in heaven. Great combination. Yeah, it's yep. particularly acaria, which is one of the tiny... Oh, did you bring one? Yeah, I did. Yep. Somewhere? Is there only one? Shuffles through his shuffles through his tray of goodies because yeah. it's yeah oh, isn't it oh, it's cute? a cute. The carrier is the smallest galanthus. And describe what a galanthus is. Uh, snowdrops. Snowdrop. Yeah, Thanks. as opposed to lucogum. Snowflakes yeah. that I've also got here as well. Yeah. it's a pity we haven't got a visual, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes, and what but none of us have done is put any f- any photos on Facebook. We will. Yeah put photos of both the, the snowdrop and the snowflake and some of the... The coom leaf was beautiful. Yes, and, we'll, we'll and that... Um, we've been very naughty this week and we haven't put any photos up. We'll put some okay. photos up to our Facebook page, listeners. I'm sorry it, about it that. It hasn't yep. really been the kind of weather where you'd want to wander around the garden with a camera. <laughs> not, not lately, no. <laughs> you might get water on the lens. <laughs> but we will do that. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah, so... Galanthus or snowdrops. Um, most people know the famous English Nivalis, which is um, quite tiny, but the one Craig's got at the moment, Nicare, is even smaller yeah. than that. And um, Nivalis has more of a glaucous thin That's leaf, right. whereas Nicare has it's like a glossy bright green. It's a dark d- green yeah. leaf, and, and, and it um, flowers at about, what, between 5 and 10 centimetres? Yeah. And, and fully flared, the skirt on the um, Akare here is about the size of a, in between a 10 cent and a 20 cent piece at the most. Yeah. 
um, so very tiny and delicate and beautiful, as opposed to something like the LWCIs um, and that that are from the Caucasus and through yeah. Ukraine and things where they're a lot larger and large glaucous leaves, but still a snowdrop and, and still yummy. If you're a Melbourne gardener, LWCI yeah, is the one to plant. Exactly. Yeah. And, and if you're buying um, from us or from, you know, from Craig, they're acclimatised to most of our Melbourne conditions um, because we grow all our own stuff. Yes. Because mm. um, so you do find quite a lot of bulbs that get brought in every year from overseas. Yeah, and they're, they're it's brought a in huge thing. And yeah. brought in mm. from the Northern Hemisphere. Yep. And so they're not acclimatised properly. Not acclimatised um, at all. And it, it's a bit of a, a beef with me. Um, mm. Just in, in, the, in the fact that... It, <sighs> They're not grown on, and they're not yet acclimatised to conditions. And gardeners get, oh, why didn't why didn't they grow? They, well, they don't and flower the next yeah, year, and they, and they get disappointed. That's the end of them. That's right. yeah, yeah, and and I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Um. So, enough of my rant. But yeah, I know it, I do it think it's a problem if you bring in plants mm. from the northern hemisphere. Mm. They are not going to just yeah. quickly settle into the oh, southern. Oh, no, and I I'm get that it makes... I'm with you, but also in yeah. the age of climate change, why are we transporting these things halfway around and the world? And the world, yeah, when, when we can source them here, or, yeah. or you source things that you, you can get here. Um, you know, daffodils and tulips and things, well, we grow them for the cut flower trade, which mm. they're all imported for as well. But then um, I saw a tulip bunching machine a few years ago and the bulb gets chopped off and into a crate and thrown out and I was horrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, when we used to grow tulips as a cut flower and I was a wee little lass, um, we would dig the tulips every year and you would go through this whole cleaning and grading process and things and um, cooling some to bring them on earlier or just planting them naturally when they're going to be flowering and there's a lot of work in it. I get that. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's so wasteful. It is terribly mm. wasteful. Um, I only grow species tulips. Good girl. <laughs> Does it look the apple dawns? Yeah. They From were, one yeah. year to the next, they yeah. last in the garden. Yeah, and yeah. You, it's one of the ones that you probably don't have to cool as well. I suppose they do downtown. But um, You plant them deep enough. Yeah, deep, see, deep again. Yeah. Um, I agree with Virginia that species tulipa are the way to go because you don't have to dig them and they do go deep. They do go deep, um, yeah. And they're beautiful. Yeah, and they come it's up like, each year. It's and, like and the species gladioli. Yeah. I mean, I do not want to grow gladioli in my garden, but the species gladioli yeah. are beautiful. Yeah. Now, if anybody is thinking because of Jane's yeah. talk of all her bulbs, you can get a, a $70 gift voucher from us if you ring in on 94198377 and you will be helping keep this garden show on air. Now, while I've got Jane here and we're not in Woolworths having Uh-oh. a conversation <laughs> in amongst the aisles, um, Lilia Moratum, do you, you have Um I do. Our erratum our is um, platyphyllum. So okay. um, it's the sort of more improved on the golden yeah. ray lily of Japan we're talking about. Um, it'll be a couple of years till I list again, but if, okay. if you, my friend, would like one, I'll meet you in Woolies later. Um, <laughs> do a covert transaction. Yes, yeah, in the car park. Yeah. Yep. Now, what, what yep. I want to do is that at, at Long Acres, there's a, there's a part of the garden now, that I've on, just cleared. Now, hang on, explain what Long Acres is. Long Acres is, was planted by Arthur Streeton. 
And recently there was a retrospective in Sydney, a street and retrospective, and I saw the painting of the Aratums, ah. which is unbelievably beautiful. Yeah. Way tall. Yeah. I and know. I want them at Long Acres. Okay, well, that's going to be a project for me too. Yeah. Now, I don't, uh, having said that, other than sort of us or uh, someone like John Fall, who I don't think has a yeah. lot of his stock left due to retiring, um, it's something that I would hesitate that you buy as an imported thing, and I doubt whether they would actually be importing true Lilia Maratum. Yeah. Yeah, I I'd be very dubious yeah. on... It'll be a hybrid of some yeah. sort. Yeah, and it'll be a white one with a nice, you know, yellow line and they'll palm it off as... Yeah. But to get true Lilium Aratum... Yeah, no, it needs to be Aratum, so yeah. we just have to wait. You just have to wait. Okay, yeah. let me scale some and we'll... Yeah. Go. yeah. Because that'll be amazing. This is the 3CR Garden Show and you are listening Sorry. to Jane Conkin <laughs> and Craig Wilson yeah. talking about Lilliums. Yeah, now. <laughs> we, we digressed. <laughs> we, 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 we're trying to establish a bed of lilies and bells, which is another one of Streeton's famous paintings. But the bells is problematic because of the deer. Yeah. Everything that I know that has bells, the deer eat. See, your lilies will be a bit of an issue with the deer too. No, I know not that. so uh, far. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> do um, you have a lot of deer? Yeah. It, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I know you do, Craig. No, no, yes. I imagine Jane would be yeah. worse. Uh, look, I can take the puppy dogs out overnight and you get honked at from the front lawn. Virginia. Like it, and you never get used to that sound. Oh. As, um, oh. But yes, it, they're, they're devastating everything. Um, so even just trampling things, mm. and then when you go to dig galanthus in the summer or something, and, and the whole clot of dirt from where that big hoof has been it is this ball of like it, it's not good for the soil, and no. uh-huh. they're not good for the bush. Um, they're terrible. For that's the another bush. rant. I'm on a ranch this morning. Aren't I? I'm sorry. I no, can't I think even the deer are an enormous problem, um, mm. and and they've almost been protected. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Yeah. One was been seen in my patch, and I'm, but luck, not again. Not again. Yeah. But I said to Ollie, who saw it, get a gun. Yeah. I know he's got a license. I said we cannot have a deer settling here. We're we're dead. Yeah. Because yeah, the interesting thing is that Corandirk and Healesville, one of the pretexts for closing it was that the indigenous people who were living there were going out into the forest and hunting deer that had been introduced by the acclimatisation society. <laughs> Good on them. Yeah. Yep. Well, <laughs> didn't get a few more. more. Yeah. Well, we they're did quite in, welcome to come. We to did introduce place. blackberries so that people would find something if they got lost in the bush. They'd find something to eat. That was how the blackberry got out there. They are particularly delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, my my thoughts were, so that's the way of justifying it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and if you'd like to ring in, uh, then our number is nine four one nine zero one double five. Or if you want to talk to somebody on the outside line or make a donation to keep 3CR on air, that is 9419 So what have Jane. you got there, Jane? Um, when we're talking, because we're talking about bulbs, I'm going to move on to what I've got in oh, front of me nice. is um, what they call Narcissus Autumn Colours. Now, it's a tazetta, and it actually started flowering back around the end of March. Wow. So this is uh, what I'm trying to sort of explain here is extending your daffodil season, not just in the spring or late winter. Um, These were bred by the late, great um, Bill Welch in California. Amazing daffodil breeder. 
And it took him, I think, over 20 years to get it to the stage where it was not just in the winter or early winter and then pushing it in to autumn. Um, so they're all seed. Um, it's not a um, specific clone as such. So there's all different range of colours. This one's quite a, um, a nice yellow, but you can get a lemon perinth as well. Mm. And um, So just if you... Just um, bear in mind, there there is um, some daffodils out there now that can extend the season through. So, so that started in March. Yep. Does what time does it normally start? At this end of March, they they started flowering for me, and they're still flowering now. But the gazettes um, are normally spring, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. So, so will it flower next March? Do you think? Yes. Oh, good. Fabulous. That's autumn. That's not So March. that's autumn. No. Not spring. And then the other beautiful little that. thing in my um, hand are what they, we call hoop petticoat daffodils. Um, everybody will sort of know the more common conspic- Bulbacodum conspicuous, um, which is a yellow flaring trumpet hoop petticoat because if you hold the flower upside down, it looks like the old-fashioned hoops that the ladies used to wear in Victorian times. Um, with a stretch, but anyway, mm, um, the like one, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the one I've got is um, Bulbacodum tarjulia. Now I love it a because it flowers; it's been flowering for the last two or three weeks during our period of crappiness, and it's this bright lemon yellow, but really large flaring um, trumpet, almost recurving. So this one was bred by. Um, Rod Barwick down in Hobart in Tasmania and probably one of Australia's best daffodil breeders around Um, so now Rod doesn't actually have a a list as such online he's still very much that you can write a letter which is fabulous too (laughs) Um, but he does put out a a, a printed catalogue and stuff so if you can... um, Fine, track him down. So it's um, Rod Barwick and it's Glenbrook Bulb Farm down in Tasmania. So maybe if you Google, you might be able to find an address to send something to because he has a lot of um, rarer daffodils and things if you're interested in daffodils. And this one, Tarjulia, is is the ants' pants for me in Bulbacodums. I think that um, is very, very... It's such a beautiful colour. I love yeah. that colour. And, and the whole flaring trumpet at the front is 20 cent plus. And it's a very pale... Pale lemon, lemon and yeah. it's a very delicate. Mm. And on the grey, on the grey days that we've been having with mm. all the rain and things, and and she's stood up. She just stands yeah. there looking at you and being beautiful, ma- making you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look out for some winter flowering daffies, and even these autumn flowering daffies is is Jane's advice for the day. I yeah. have mm. I have a daffodil flowering out in my car park, which looks like a King Alfred flowering now. Really? Yeah, it flowers every year at yep. this time. It's much shorter. Yep. Yeah. But but the same sort of structure, same structure. as yeah. King Up. Yeah. Ooh. You better come and do something. I might have up. to come and have a look. <laughs> <laughs> might You're not be there when welcome. you get home, Craig. I drive faster. <laughs> I do think that there's something wonderful about daffodils. I, I redid my dam and around it I've planted a huge number, of mainly natives. Yeah. But I've gone and put on the side facing the house, the side of the dam facing the house, I've put a whole lot of daffodils because I just... Well, can't they'll, resist still, it. they'll look beautiful. Exactly. Mm. And you get the reflection in the water. Oh, they're beautiful. Nice. And yellow at this time of year. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's interesting, you know, those, those 
I do find this this is the time of year when I think white looks really good in your garden. And there is so yeah. much of it at this time of the year. And it, it really lifts the garden, whereas I find white in the middle of summer can be a bit drab because it disappears in that very hard light we have. Mm. Yeah. That South African one that you... That uh, Areocephalus. That is absolutely beautiful. <coughs> yeah. This is a shrub listeners that is about... Cape Rosemary is a common name. Is it? Yeah. And it's, it's got quite a grey leaf. Yeah. And it's a really... And it flowers and flowers at this time of year. I've got three of them now in the garden. And they just pop out at you. Yeah. Because they're very white. Um, and, and they are a winter flower. I love winter flowering things. Yeah. And the Mexican daisy that flowers white, that is out at the moment too. And it's looking stunning. And so you can have colour in the middle of winter? Oh, lots. It's hard not to have a lot of pink. Mm. I've got a lot of pink. Depends how sharp your chainsaw is. (laughs) (laughs) I am not taking down my pink camellias. (laughs) And and winter with the deciduous trees, like Craig was saying earlier, like some of the, you know, the red bark maples that's got a Japanese name. Yeah, Yeah. Sengakaki. Yeah, yeah. That is stunning on a foggy morning. And if you've got calanthus planted under that... You know, yum. Yeah. Yes. I could, yes. Yes. I think but also the structure of the trees. And if you look at them, yeah. each species has a different structure and a way of growing. Yeah. And, and without the leaves, you can see absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I've been having, uh, I've been boring both Stephen and, and Craig with my crisis. I have a crisis at the moment of structure in my garden. Mm-hmm. Now, this is only relevant in winter because in summer it's so full of flowers and so frothy you that don't. it doesn't notice you don't particularly notice but at the moment because it's winter and all the roses are looking absolutely awful and a lot of stuff is not in flower or is deciduous or has just disappeared i can really see that that there's two particular beds in my garden and they really need some structure Mm -hmm. and this is a winter issue for me i'm always of the view that you need to save some space for the good things you're going to get Well, I've just taken out a huge rhododendron. I've mm. taken out a huge buddleia. Yeah. So mm. I'm making space. And, of course, I'm, yeah. I've got another... Well, that, that's... I I'm don't have a problem with either of those two going. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, the rhododendron was ridiculous. I didn't put it in. It was there when I came. And it's it's grown huge, but it faces north and west. So it spends it's the whole summer being unhappy. just not roady country. No. Being burnt. I'm, yeah. I'm too low. Yeah. I, I'm on top of a ridge, which is unroady. Yeah. And I'm a bit low, unlike you two, and, I, and I'm hot. Yep. Mm. And I've got an open garden coming up the second weekend mm. of September, September, and stupid here has taken out <laughs> all these things just before an open garden. Oh, no, 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 no. Your open garden scheme is about looking at your garden as it is. Yes. It's, it's not about having your garden prepared for the event. Well, I can't. Uh, it, it's, no. it, it becomes incredibly obvious when you go to open gardens and you see people have put things in. Just for, for the and it would be better to leave the blank space like and say I'm waiting colour. for something really good to put in there. Mm. Yeah, and you know yeah. what I'm going to do because with the open garden, um, OGV obviously has to take a slab of the money yep. because they have to keep running, and the other half I'm going to donate to 3CR <gasps> as part yeah. of the fundraiser. Yeah. Oh, well done. Right. Okay. So everybody, Virginia's garden is going to be open. Um, the second weekend in September, which I think is about the 11th, 11th and 12th yes, or something. Yes, I think it's the 11th yeah. and the 12th. And it runs, so the Saturday and the Sunday, and it's from about 10 till 4, I think, isn't it? 10 till 4. Yep. Yeah. Um, and she's in Seville. 
And it's a very um, eclectic garden. Yeah. Yes, it's got lots of natives yeah. and it's got lots of exotics. Yeah. Yeah. And great view. People can yeah. just stand there views. and enjoy yeah. that view for a while too. It's Fabulous views. And um, my friend Jean Tonkin is going to sell bulbs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just do a plug for it. <laughs> um, yes, I will be there um, with some bulbs or potted things and stuff. I might even go up to Craig's and nick a few things and bring those down as well um, so that you've got more variety. And just to keep Virginia company for the day, and we should have some fun. And the Open Garden Scheme will be starting the second last week of July, and the first garden that is going to be open is going to be Stevens. Oh, excellent. Okay. So if you have a look at op- opengardensvictoria.org.au, it will tell you what's coming on. There is an absolutely excellent compost thing coming on, but that's fully booked. But they've got the first five gardens open up on the website. So that's open. And then you can schedule your weekends. From yes, yeah. opengardensvictoria.org.au. And if you don't have a computer, go to the library and they'll do it for you. Yep. Because I think... Or ask a neighbour. It's fun going yeah. to open gardens. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And you can always grab an idea. Yes. Yeah, yes. always. And it's been a long time. I... And I think we need it yes, too. Yeah, yes. I agree. Mm. So, and Stephen's would be amazing. Yes. Um, as well. So. And Stephen had the cheek to say to me, "I'd overplanted in some area." Yes. Because Stephen's garden really does have a lot of things in it. Yeah. That but would it, be it amazing. Is, yes, and it is lovely at this. It's another one that's lovely at this in time of year. Yeah. I I lived in London for twenty years. And in London, my garden was dead as a dodo in February. It was unhappy. It was just Ignoresville. Mm. And, of course, now my garden is unhappy in February, February and early March. I'm running out of water. Mm. There's been X number of days over 35 and one or two over 40. And it's interesting for me, having those two big gardening experiences, that it's the same month month. in the different hemispheres that give me chip. Yep. And I... Don't, I've never really understood why Open Gardens Victoria is closed in for the whole of um, winter and is open all of summer because I find summer so much more difficult. I've, and, and I think there are many gardens that are absolutely stunning. I think there's a lot of in gardens the winter in, as well. in the winter uh, that yeah. are wonderful. I mean, being open that weekend in September is a bit dodgy because it's right between the end of winter and the beginning of spring. spring. Yeah. So there'll be a lot that isn't out, but... My view is so magnificent that I don't have to have the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. And the garden's still beautiful if yeah. there's nothing in flower. There will be something. Yes. It'll be fine. And if anyone would like to ring us, we're on 94190155. This is the 3CR Garden Show, 94190155. So is that a special leucogium you have there, Joe? <laughs> no, it's just the normal um, avastivum. Okay. Um I just brought it in so that we could perhaps remind ourselves to make sure that we know the difference between a snowdrop and a snowflake. That's right. Um, Which so is an issue with mail order. I was abused for selling people snowdrops that were, the bulbs were too small. And I think she was expecting to have... Like a daffodil-sized yeah, bulb. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, some of the... When I sell the LWCI hybrids of ours... Um, I get the people say to me, that can't be a galanthus, it's too big, because uh-huh. some of them get to like a daffodil. Being that bigger, 
species. But anyway, um, so snowflakes are the old-fashioned, um, yes, it's got the white hanging bell with the little green dots are on the outside, but it doesn't have those, the three petals and inner skirt like a galanthus does. Totally different area, totally different sort of growing conditions to a degree. You treat your snowflakes like a daffodil. Plant them how deep? Deep. Oh, 20, 20 <laughs> centimetres? <laughs> yeah. Right down. Yeah. We're going to drum this in today. Yeah. Um, and you leave them be and they flower prolifically every year, form a nice clump like your daffodils do. Easy peasy. But so much more common than um, your galanthus. But if you're... A, if you don't want to try anything different. At least snowflakes are, are something that's they're a bit hardy, different. They're in, hardier yeah. and safer. Yeah. yeah, and flowering now and all the way from now through into um, halfway through spring. Like they flower for a long period of time. And galanthus oh. calls obsession. Uh, yes, they're called galanthophiles. How many green mm. dots do you want in the flower? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do you want it to have a little grumpy face on the inside? There's one called grumpy. But... It, you know, they, they, they sell for hundreds of pounds in yeah. England, all these they new ones. They do become very, very obsessive, people yes. getting to galanthus. Yeah. But um, there's nothing wrong with um, obsession in plants, I don't Absolutely think. Absolutely not. It should be encouraged. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's so how we get new things. Um, I think everybody should sort of have a look at, if you've got galanthus on the website that you're sending now. Yeah. Yeah. So Craig will be, now you tip them out of the pots and you're sending them in the green or they can have... Option. No, no, they come out of the pot. So yep. I this is the best time to move them yep. in my experience. So um, have a look at what we're talking about. So if you go to gentiana.com.au yep. um, and look up under the galanthus and have a look at how cute they are, um, if we're not explaining things very well in here, I don't know. I bet tongue-tied them. <laughs> yes, so I have mm. a form of leucogen at home called grave tie giant, giant yep. yeah, which is quite a good one. Yep, it's a lot... Um, a lot more robust in flower size and things than the the little common. Yeah. Um, so that would be the one that you would look for too. Yeah. Um, now we sell that in the the summer, um, in our catalogue as well. Yeah. And um, so if you're wanting to plant leucogen, I'd see Jane and get grave tie giant. Right. Yeah. Because it is definitely an improvement. Yep. And. Beautiful thing. And, and easy, as I say, easy. Yeah. Just like yes. your daffodils. And just uh, put them in and leave them go. Which is fabulous. Yeah. yeah. And I, I have found um, when I was a Londoner, we grew daffodils in the lawn, mm. but we had lawn. Yes. Mm. See, I don't have lawn. I've got grass and weeds. Mm. And I find the daffodils, I cannot grow them. I can't naturalise them in my grass. You're not putting them in deep enough. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? What's she doing? Yeah. I don't think so. I think I think um, too dry. I've got mm. tough grasses. Too mm. too baked. Probably. No, they'll push mm. through that. Yeah, but yes, but I think it's not the pushing through; it's the goodness. Yeah. I I, I mm. think, and you know, the gum trees and yep. I yeah. They do take a lot. When yeah. I put them in the garden beds, I just ignore them. They come back every year, mm. except yeah. for the ones I stick the spade through, <laughs> and. It's always one of those. Yeah. And um, they're fantastic, but I just find I've dug them dug them out of the lawn. They, they'll come up, but they won't flower. Okay. I just think that those... Hungry. Yes, I think mm. it's the grass. I think the grasses are too tough. I don't have those lovely soft winter grasses that they grow in Britain yeah. or that they have on the I look at and a, and a meadow of daffodils. There's, there's nothing nicer, it's really. Absolutely, or bluebells. It's absolutely or, fabulous. Or, yeah, or... 
cyclamen in drifts and galanthus in drifts. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yum. All but is within the realms of possibility. And okay. what do you have there? The next one I've got is um, Craig, Craig shuddering. I'm turning to me. my I could, back. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jane, what have you done? Yeah. Um, I have in front of me Arisarum vulgare. Now, um, it is in here with me because, A, I was a little bit too lazy to walk up to the patch of proboscidium that's a lot nicer so yesterday because yeah. it was raining. Um, but winter flowering... Um, the, the trouble that, that Craig's having next to me is that it can become a little weedy. But in a display pot, like a beautiful terracotta, it is a stunning thing. Um, little cobra flower. So, and the foliage is um, sort of lance-shaped leaves with um, silver overlay. It, it is a beautiful thing, but yes, it tends to... Don't let it run rampant in your garden. It depends However, entirely on the nature of your garden. Yeah. Um, there are well, other species. I've seen it run rampant in Point Lonsdale. Yep. So I think it does have a. But but stunning at this time of the year in a contained pot or whatever. And a fabulous cut flower. Yeah. 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 And look great with galanthus and things yeah. together. I've seen my sister do arrangements mm-hmm. um, with them in, and they look beautiful. But my thing is that there are other Arisarum in the genus, other species that are. Nowhere near as prolific or um, invasive and as this the, can be. Is it the Italicum, the one that you just can't get that's rid of? Arum. That's an arum. Yeah, and that's, that's an appalling yeah, that's plant. Horrible. Yeah. Um, but these little Arisarum come from the Mediterranean, and the one I love the best is um, Proboscidium, and its called, common name is mouse plant because it looks like a little mouse diving down into the leaves with his little mm-hmm. tail hanging out. So have a Google because it's fun. And plants, I like plants that are fun. So it's just something different. That And the other one, Proboscidea and the mass plant, is flowering um, with us at the moment too. So it just gives you something else in the winter was my idea of bringing it in other than to horrify my dear friends. That's right. Next you me. brought it in just yeah. to stir me up. <laughs> just, what are you doing? It's, it's, Rare the, bulbs, Martin. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a, a beautiful plant. Yeah. But the reason I don't like it is that my garden's full of little things. And it will... And it marches over the top of them. Yeah, because the, the stems, like I've got, um, don't tell her, but my daughter's um, drink bottle in front of me and um, the the leaves are as tall as the the drink bottle, so it would tower over cyclamen and things like that. Um, but and it's impossible to eradicate. Yeah, look, we're not. Jane is saying put it in a pot. I did say put, put it in, in a pot. pot. Yeah. The other thing that I've had a brilliant time of this year is is the um, fungi, and mm-hmm. and Tanya from the RBG has sent us an email saying scientists and volunteers have made a discovery on French Island of Australia's rarest fungi. Really? It appears as a hand gripping on a tree. So if you want to search it out, look up tea tree fingers fungus. Okay. Tea tree fingers fungus. So it associates with leptospermum? I guess so. Mm. She just says it appears as a hand gripping a tree. And um, it's it's the rarest fungus, and French Island, of course, what an appropriate place for it to appear because mm-hmm. that's not exactly somewhere that's overrun with people. Mm. So, and I have had so many this year. I've just had so much fungus coming. Goodness up. me! Oh, yeah. it's obvious. I haven't been looking, but it's obviously looking good. People, tea tree fingers yeah. fungus. Have a Google because we just did. 
Sorry, Virginia, we just left you on your own there. Because <laughs> um, uh, you must have fungi everywhere, Jane. Yeah, there's um, incredible um, amounts of um, different species and things. And um, my sister happy. tends to take a lot of um, photos for Instagram of her of the fungus because she's walking around the bush carrying her paintings and mm. um, spending a lot of time sort of observing things and stuff. So she's um, at Mary Tonkin um, on Instagram. Um, and while we're on it, if anyone's wanting to go to Burringer in um, Upway, the great gallery and um, convention centre there, there's a, her painting is on display at the moment. Okay. Um, and lots of other artists and things. And the Barringer themselves have been a massive help to everybody as in opening as a hub for um, parents that just to give their kids some sort of normalcy in, in art classes and things that have been affected by the fire, um, by the storms and stuff. Um, so maybe maybe worth a trip to Barringer because there are a great lot of people up there too. So Yes, indeed. So the South African shrub is Aereocephalus africanus. So, Kerry, um, if you're interested in that, I... Cape I, Rosemary. I haven't got any at the moment. Oh, have it's you not? springtime, they'll probably... Because I bought on. mine from Craig. Yeah. I haven't seen it in I a lot of other places. Yeah. Yes, maybe we'll spell it for you when Craig has written it down, Kerry, because um, I can never remember the name of it. I have to actually... It's one of the few plants in my garden that's labelled, because people want to know. So it's R-E-I-O? E R. E R I O, yeah. C E P H I L U S. Areocephalus. Areocephalus. So and Africanus. I'm so African with a U S on the end. So yeah. have a search. You might find somebody else who is yeah. selling it. I don't know if. No, I don't. Lyle down at um, Lara would have it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Or mm. try Craig in the spring. Yeah. Just remind him. Mm. Mm. And the other question, Ricky has asked Craig, do, we, do you have a catalogue that, so she can look at the cyclamens that you've got that are available? Um, no, I don't, and I don't have a lot. I mean, I have, there's a little bit of cyclamen on the website, but only the ones that I have lots of. Right. So the best thing is to give me a call, 0459 158 Repeat that again. Zero four five nine triple nine one five eight. Because so there's lots that I have, just a few of each. Yes. And, and I don't want to list them. Because, because I'll go so quickly. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Well, yeah. And it, it's the actual time in creating yeah. that item, and if you've only got three. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about putting things online and stuff, mm. but it's always that. That's the other thing. If you, if people are searching out for something that they can't find. Online, it's always like I don't mind people ringing or emailing me and saying, Jane, do you know where we could find this in Australia? Or, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure Craig would be the same, same. too. Yeah. Um, we do we do get back to emails eventually. You know, you won't, you're not going to get an instant response because I'm outside. I don't want to be sitting in front of the computer. But um, we have sort of, uh, I suppose, in touch with a lot more growers and things, and we can say whether it's here or whether they're, you know. And, and sometimes you can get it from a wholesaler that other people can't do. I, exactly. Um, especially with, you know, sort of a lot of the tree places and stuff are mostly wholesale and things. But mm. um, it's always worth, be, because you don't want to, 
just Google something and um, it, it not come up that someone's selling it in Australia because it could well be here. And if you if you're after it and you love it, it's worth asking. Yeah. Um, and same with that lady with the with the cyclamen. You know, if, if she rings Craig, I'm sure he'll say I've got one of this if you'd like it. And if I was her, I'd say yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what I have the most of, obviously, is hydrofolium and cone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, um, Lebanitacum, I have quite a uh, lot. Yeah. Now, there's a cyclamen, mm-hmm. and it's endangered um, in the wild. In the yeah. wild. So mm-hmm. the more that we can help propagate and, and things, I think, is fabulous. Um, and we have mm-hmm. got John who from Bond Beach who knows about our fungus. Oh, John. One moment. No, sorry about that, everybody. I hit the wrong line. John, are you there? Hi, morning panel. It's John. <laughs> Hello. John Got him. From, um, Hi. So, tell us, you know about this, this tea tree fingers? Oh, no, we seem to have lost him. Did we hang up on him? John, could you... Please ring, ring us back. I, rang, yeah. I think I hung up on you, darling. Could you please ring us back, John from Bond Beach, because we do want to talk to you. Do we want to talk about something quickly while we wait for John to yes, call back? Yes, because he'll we're... take a bit okay. of time. Um, <clears throat> the next, next plant I have in a little pot here, I'll show you, Virginia, look at that. Oh, wow. It's an oxalis, and everyone's going, oh, no. Now... Um, I'm going to try and convince you that oxalis can be good. Like the Aracerum before, that one's a bit weedy, but there's others in the genus that are good. So some oxalis can be devastating. But Jane, I saw an oxalis for sale for $50 yes. a year or so Good. What Beca- was it? <laughs> it was a tropical one. Right. I don't know what its name. It's a yellow flower, so it made yeah. me very think very yeah. warily of it. So the one I've got in front of me is called Parmafrons, and it's probably one of the best um, leaves on an oxalis you will ever see. It's it, extraordinary. Yeah. It looks a bit prehistoric, um, like it should be in Jurassic Park a little bit. Um, flattened out little palm fronds um, in a perfect rosette, and they sit flat um, on the surface, and then it has these beautiful bright pink flowers um, it does very, very well in a container because of the shape of it. It will grow its fronds to fit um, the shape, the, the size of your pot. And if you're worried about weedy, it will take about 10 years to get a two-foot patch. <laughs> so that's so, not weedy. Um, it is quite um, difficult to source as well, but there is so many other beautiful oxalis. Have we got John back? Yes, yep. John okay. is back. So... John, I'm very sorry about that. Are hey, you there? Yes. That's okay, Virginia. It's um, <laughs> it's John Arnott from the from the garden. <laughs> John, it's our John. <laughs> it's one of <laughs> us. <laughs> John, John from Bond Beach. <laughs> um, the tea tree fingers. I, I was so fortunate to actually have been on French Island as a part of that um, uh, expedition um, to to see if tea tree fingers was present on the island. Um, our horticulture team, um, we were down collecting some coastal plants for our seaside garden uh, and coordinated with um, Sapphire and the mycologists, the fungi people from the plant sciences division of the 
the gardens and we caught the barge across. Um, actually spent the night at French Island Eco Lodge and had a terrific time of it. And um, it would appear that French Island is the stronghold for, for this thing that's only been discovered in a tiny amount of population. Um, and, and yes, it is, uh, you know, arguably um, Australia's rarest fungi. How exciting. And is it somewhere safe on French Island? Look, it is. Um, I guess that's the lovely thing about French Island is that it's, I don't know what percentage national park it is, but, you know, it's, it is that combination of cleared pasture land and um, indigenous vegetation. But the interesting thing about French Island is that there's no browsing macropods, so there's no mm. wallabies and kangaroos. Um, so the, the, the heath is, you know, very much intact, you know, uh, in, in, in ecological terms, it's called a climax system. Um, so, there's, you know, there's huge stands of, of um, you know, virgin heathland on, on French Island. Um, and in the unburnt areas, um, it would appear that um, this tea tree fingers is in relative abundance. And, right. and so it might suffer if there was fire? Look, it certainly would, yeah. No, so, so fire, fascinating little fungi. Um, on the so ground it, or on a tree? It's on the on it, no, it's on it's ele, it's on elevated branches on branches. Um, what it does, this is this is probably why it's so rare because it occupies such a tiny, tiny little um, ecological niche. What it does is it there's a so a tea tree branch will break, um, so so it's dead and um, decaying tissue, <laughs> and then there's a a fungi. Saprophytic fungi, which is a rotting fungi, um, which colonises onto the dead and dying tissue. The tea tree fingers is a parasite on that saprophyte. So it's oh, a fungi wow. on a fungi on a host. That's oh, extraordinary. Yeah. How divine. <laughs> it's extraordinary. Yeah. So, so it's actually a parasitic fungi that's parasitising another fungi, which is... Um, which had colonised on a broken branch in long unburnt tea tree <laughs> teeth, hence its hence its rarity. Absolutely. It, and um, and look, we we it was speculative as to whether it was on French Island. It was likely, well, in brackets or in parentheses, likely because it was the right habitat. Um, and twice we we found it in two populations, mm. and twice within 10 metres and 15 minutes of where we parked the vehicle, we actually, uh, we actually found it. Oh. Um, and, and it was one of those... Exciting. Eureka, it was very exciting. It was one of those eureka moments where everyone just fanned out into the bush. Um, and then you heard these little squeals of delight. <laughs> so, <laughs> from, question, from John. Do, yep. do you try and... Where else does it appear? Do you, do you know? Or is uh, it only it, French Island? Yeah, no, it, it, it's at the Gerties, um, uh, which is round Grantville. Um, it, uh, look, there's a possibility, uh, again in, in parenthesis, that it was and still may be at the Cranberry Gardens site. Um, and one of the conservation strategies is to... Once, it, it, it'll need to be well considered, but... One of the thoughts was to take a, a fruiting branch from French 
Craigie to, to, to the you. Cranbourne Garden. Yes, because Cranbourne would be a logical place because at least it could be watched over and not burnt. Yes, indeed. Yeah, 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 indeed. Um, and and uh, look, <laughs> the, the Park Victoria people do mosaic patch burn um, the French Island tea tree heath. Uh, so, you know, it, it, that, that's critical communication now because... Uh, they must the not burn this bit. No, the areas that are present really have to be um, uh, not burned in a prescribed way. I mean, the, uh, I guess the threatening process is if you get wildfire that is non-discriminate, it could um, knock out populations. Yeah. But, uh, and is it specific to lep- leptospermum? Uh, no, it'll... It, it, I mean, that's... It, 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 it's mostly found on that, but we actually found it hosting on one of the local um, Alacajarinas, so Alacajarina mm-hmm. Lorca, I think it was. So one of the one of the she oaks, one of the coastal she oaks. Um, so look, I, yeah, but I think it. it so it's not uh, you know obligate on Leptospermum continentale, mm-hmm. but that, that's where it's mostly mostly associated with. But it has been seen on a few other, other bits and bobs. Okay. Oh, that's absolutely fantastic, John. I hope um, Greg Balderston is listening this morning because he is... He, he's the fungi man, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he loves yeah. his fungi. Yeah. That is really yeah. interesting. Of course, you're coming in next week, aren't you, John? I am, yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Yes, okay. So I just thought I'd jump in and... Uh, it, I mean, it, is a, it, it was a fantastic discovery and a real privilege and honour to... to, to um, you know, to be associated with that expedition, it was a, it was a, it was a great success, and we also collected a few nice plants for our seaside garden. Excellent, um, great. Which was good. It was a very successful couple of days down at French Island, freezing cold. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yes, well, it has been a cold winter. Mm. Thanks, John. Beauty. Okay. Right, thank Catch you. you later. Bye. Well, that's exciting, well, isn't yeah. it? I think that's really exciting. That was. And oh, I, good on him. I think um, it's interesting how much mycorrhizae and fungi it's an area that people are beginning to show much more interest in and and therefore more understanding there's obviously quite new research in this area as well it's certainly something that I think is fundamental to good garden health absolutely yeah Mm. And you hear people who say, "Oh, I've got, I've got to get rid of them. I've got, I've got mushrooms in my garden. I must get rid of them." No, no, no. Keep them. Keep them. Yeah. And this is part of the tidy garden thing, you know. In order to have a a good population of mycorrhizae in your soil, you need to have wood. Yes. Leave the sticks lying where they fall. Mm. Yep. Yep. And the leaves and yep. things. And yep. Yep. Don't tidy up and certainly don't burn it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, mycorrhizae and frogs. Frogs. Uh, frogs are The awesome. other thing that uh, absolutely show whether you've got a healthy environment. They disappear. Exactly. They frogs, both yeah. Yeah. quickly. Oh. Yep. You yeah. have plenty of them. Yeah, oh, it's brilliant. I love them. Yeah. They're, they're my favourite um, amphibian because of the fact what Virginia just said, they're the first thing to go yeah. when things aren't balanced. So if I can hear frogs even during the day and at night, I know my little world's okay. Yeah. So I just think they're fabulous little things. Yeah, go are. the frog. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> and they're deafening at night. The it's sound cool. yeah. is just fabulous. Yeah. I, leave great? I leave my window open even yeah. in this freezing cold just because I like to hear the yeah. frogs. We've my neighbours have one of these book book frogs in their pond. Yeah, is that like the bullfroggy ones? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. It ca- they we can they hear get it vocal. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes, and of course the pobble bonks, which only yep. only bonk in springtime. That's what yep. it is, a pobble bonk. Yeah. yeah, it's a pobble bonk. I well, think so. Yes, yeah. they only bonk in springtime. Yeah. They don't bonk all year. Yeah. <laughs> I do love them though. Okay, c- can we ask Craig what this one with the berries on it oh, is, if we've got time? Yeah, Cuba Rosani. So it's a form of um, a Cuba draponica okay. called Rosani, which beautiful. I absolutely love. It's not big, yep. so it'll only grow to perhaps 1.8 metres ah. maximum. And at this time of the year, covered in... Well, they're just starting to turn red. Fabulous yeah. colour. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, like a Cuba, tough. Yeah. Yeah. Craig and I have had a long argument about a Cuba because a cube, there's an a Cuba that is planted in by the councils all over London. Mm-hmm. And I just... You know how when... You see something that's planted all the time. You sort of it, tend to it lose gets it. a bit boring. You yep. lose okay. interest, and so I've been very anti Cuba, mm-hmm. but he's keeps showing me different Look ones. That one's new, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Look, even the gold dust. I'm a great supporter, and I know mm-hmm. it's as common as an old rag. I mean, you see it yeah. all over the place, but there's not many shrubs that you can plant up against the tree trunk. That'll still do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll do okay. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. is very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. But mm. I, I do struggle. And, of course, I mean, things that I didn't like when I was a Londoner are quite different now because it's such a different growing palette for me. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. all those things I've had to give up, like the handkerchief plant, you know, oh. and calmias. Just, there's yeah. just some things that yeah, I adored. Mm. And they're just not something I Calmias are yummy. They I remind me of, you know, the old-fashioned icing bag. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Cake decorations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're hard to find. Yeah, um, a very difficult to propagate, I think. That's right. Um, There's some absolutely stunning, huge ones at Jeremy's garden. Mm. Huge. Yeah. But it, they're a beautiful thing, but do need that protection from hot wind and yes. things that you would get at your place yeah. on the hill. Too. Yes, I just get too um, much north. And for me, that is the test. When I'm working out where I'm going to plant a plant and what I know about the plant and I look up where it comes from, it's always, it's not whether it wants sun or shade, the first question for me. It's can it take the north wind? Wind. Yeah. Yeah, that's always my first question. Well, you just have to look at wind. the origin. I mean, uh, Kalmia comes from, <laughs> from the, the, the forests and, and the <laughs> east coast of the United States. Well, that's yeah. a wet place. Uh, uh, yeah, very damp. And, yeah. yeah. And look at uh, poor Canada at the moment, 40 degrees. Yeah. yeah. Shocking. So you probably be struggle with pieris and things like that too. Well, I've got a very big pieris in my garden, but it got established a long time ago. It's pre-me, and yep. it's very happy and faces west. Okay. But and unlike the rhododendron, it's, it is staying. Okay, good. Pieris, <laughs> once they're established, are uh, yes. pretty tough. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. It's just those first few years. And I think that's the case with the Davidia too, the handkerchief tree. I think if you can get it through your first few summers, and of course, well, I kept trying to grow it while we're still in the drought. Yeah. Yeah. Which was just. Mine's stupid. just starting to take off. Um, my beautiful sis bought me one for a birthday present um, about three years ago, and it was in quite a big pot. And of course, I planted it out straight away too, and it's tr- it has struggled for a while, but finally now, I mean, it it will be worth the the tender loving care that it's had when it eventually... Oh, I think they're beautiful. Yeah. I, Look, I, I planted stunning. one at, per, at uh, Long Acres, which I grew from seed, nice. and that was 17 years ago, and it still hasn't flowered. Oh. Okay, well, I was feeling good about it till now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
you go down and enjoy the one at Perianda. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. enormous. Yeah. You sit underneath it. Yeah. And the, yeah, and, and like it was spared. Little. There's a blackwood fell down right next, next to it. <gasps> yeah, but it was spared. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's interesting. Well, well, there are, but you know, there's just a whole series of things that, and of course, I just take all my salvias for granted. But my dearest friend Fiona moved from Seville mm-hmm. to Dorset, and getting salvias through the winter, she is struggling. Oh. Yes, and I just take them for granted. I've, I yep. can't. I don't even know how many I've got. I've got so many. Yeah. Because they do do my little birds and the bees. Because so I don't much do good. struggling. The struggling. Track it out and yep. plant something that's not going to yep. struggle. Yep. It's my view. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I I just try and make an extra little microclimate for the <laughs> 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 uh, because it tends to be the woodlandy things that it, you yeah. know I love that will then might struggle for oh, a bit. Yeah. But um, always have the three strikes policy. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a good plan. I, yeah. I, yes, I can go with that. But some things I just want to see it flower at least once. Would yes, be nice. yes, but this is true. Yeah. Oh, no, I think I, I like, you know, I mean, for me, I, I have got all that stuff facing east along the house, which gets yeah. the morning sun, and that's a really good spot yep. because that's protected from the north wind. Yep. When, when I say I don't do struggling, I'll nurture things mm. for a considerable yep. number of years because, you know, if you're establishing, say, a rare rhododendron, it's going to take five to ten years to establish. Yeah, before you threaten with the chainsaw. I'll nurture it, and, mm. but if at the end of that nurturing period, if it's still not doing mm. well, then out. Yep, uh, okay. Well, there is, there is, the, although the Cleanthus is something that I keep replanting. If ever I see them, you very rarely see them for yeah. sale. But if I see a Cleanthus, I always grab it because I so want to be able to grow it. This is a New Zealand plant mm-hmm. that is first cousin to um, Kakabeek, anyway. Yes, Kakabeek. Yeah. And it's absolutely beautiful, but it gets it gets massacred by slugs and things. I was going to say, it's a snail magnet. It's a snail magnet and it hates the hot wind. Yeah. Cleanthus. Cleanthus. Yeah. It's a really, really beautiful... It's it's a first cousin to the desert pea. pea. Yeah. That's what it does look like. And it does look like the desert pea, except it's... A shrub of desert peas. Except it's much pinker. Yeah. And there's a lot of them in the botanic gardens, which is wonderful, in, yeah. the, in the New Zealand beds there. But um, I'm afraid I don't see too many chance. If I can get it through the snails, I can't get it through the north wind. You yeah, know, one yeah. or the other takes yeah. it out every time. Do you grow that? No. I tried to grow it, but in, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of snail baits. Mm, no. yeah. Too many They're birds. Puppy dogs too. No, the dogs mm. don't. My dogs are fussy. <laughs> they only eat roast chicken from the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the it's the birds. Yep. Mm. Yeah, the kookaburras come down and pick up the snails or the magpies. I couldn't can't cope. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see, this is my problem with people poisoning rats. I say don't poison the owls and things. Yeah. The yeah. owls. We've yeah. definitely got fewer owls than we used to have, yep. and I'm sure it's because we all poison our rats yeah. and mice so much. <laughs> now, a quick one, Janine, tulip bulbs from Fernie Creek, had them in the fridge and they've become a bit mouldy. She's potted them up. Will they survive, Jane? Um, I'd like to say yes, but I'm wagering on probably not. 
Um, the, the concern with putting them in the, the fridge for a long period of time is that then you, you can get um, mould on them, a bit like your other things in the fridge if you leave them too long <laughs> in the crisper. Um, look, she's planted them and, that, and that's great. That's all you can do yeah. and hope for the best. Look, um, it may well be that the fungus will just die now in the soil or depending on what it is, depending whether it was on the bulbs when she bought them, that kind of thing is a bit hard to determine whether um, it will survive. But give it a go. Yes, you can only, it. only hope. And then exactly. and, and next time buy species chores because you can put yeah. them in and leave them. Yep. <laughs> and Margot says... Because we're snobs. Yeah. What are you two doing in your nurseries in the depths of winter? Do you ever take a break? Preparing no. For, preparing for, for spring. spring. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine is, this time of the year, because I grow a lot of woodlanders like polygonatum, so your Solomon seals, um, yummy, yummy things that are deciduous, I am now dividing and repotting and things. Oh. That's my day. Yeah. Craig? That's my day. Yep. <laughs> and we're now coming to the end of our show. Thank you, too. It's Thank you. It's very Pleasure. interesting. A little um, group from... The Dandenongs. Yeah, Dandenongs, yep. And so thank you very much, and we'll all be back next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.